everybody. Welcome to Spiritual Business Spotlight. Today, I have the pleasure of meeting with Simran Sandhi, who is a multi-energetic healing transformation agent. Um, hello, welcome. Hi, hi. So lovely to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your work with us because it is really fascinating. You have such a rich background in <sighs> Now, are you, do you mind if I ask, are you like a natural healer? Was this something you were drawn to from just intuitive uh, spurring? You know, I didn't know that I was a natural healer the way I feel it now, but it's always been something that I've been interested in. I started off a very conventional way, let's say in banking in the corporate world, and the older that I'm getting, the more I'm realizing that actually the threads of being an intuitive, of being a guide, of let's say being a helper have always been there, but they were not conscious. Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Did you feel like you had to kind of hide that side of yourself in the corporate yeah. world? Yeah, well, I just didn't even think it was like a job. You know, I, I grew up, my dad um, was a banker and, um, I, you know, at university in high school, I was always like AAA, like super type A. Um, and so when I went to university and I graduated, I started directly in investment banking on the trading floor. Okay. So I didn't really have time to kind of mull over these kind of more esoteric things, which is what I've always been interested in. Even as a kid, I was super into the pyramids into fairy tales, into witches, into the occult. But I always thought this was like a passion and interest. And, you know, I, I'm a late 70s child. Um, and so it was not really a career that you really heard about. So that only really came in as I was getting closer to my 40s. I'm now getting close to my mid-40s. And um, this really developed over time as a process of trial and error for me. So it's not like as a child, I thought I would be doing this work, not at all. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And I can totally understand that because I'm a child of like the seventies and eighties Yeah, and this work wasn't even imaginable back then. I don't no. think out of like a super fringe. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think even in, I, I think, especially in your world, you really explored it very deeply, but I still feel it's quite fringe and um you know i don't really see myself as a coach but it could just be semantics i see myself more as a guide uh, again this is all terminology but um yeah this whole industry of the spiritual of let's say the helping industry which is not mainstream like doctor nurse you know that kind of help um service industry this is i would say quite new but ancient at the same time like yeah. people in you know tribal cultures and ancient cultures have always had seers guides oracles like the wise woman the wise man of the community we've always had it but i feel like in the last 200 years or so we've been so into progress industrialization that um like development for the sake of it it's kind of been lost and now it's been for a long time, we've been led by science, which has been great, but I feel to the detriment of some really ancient, very, um, very profound customs and traditions, which I feel now are coming back. So I feel like we're coming back to a balance. I love that. Yeah, definitely. And it seems like it was very strongly missed, you know, the more people that are getting into this esoteric practices, yeah. mindfulness, law of attraction, yeah. um, even studying, like it's been interesting to see how people are going out into the forest and they're monitoring, you know, hormones that are released during that time and seeing how actually beneficial it is for people. Absolutely. Like the Japanese, you know, the ancient Japanese, the cultures that have forest bathing and we all know that we feel good when we're out in nature, but actually now science, let's say, has caught up with spirituality or ancient traditions to say that actually the ancients knew this. 
um, the people of the land, the people who have been carrying traditions on orally or literally through the tribe, they knew all this, all of this stuff. And I feel um, science together with quantum physics, um, they're all, I feel, catching up to stuff that inherently as ancient cultures, people already knew. Right. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. And so what shifted you from the corporate path, you know, <laughs> from being on those stock exchange floors and, and that's such a super, it feels like a, kind of a cutthroat competitive super cutthroat, super masculine, super competitive. But, you know, I just didn't know at the time. I didn't know about masculine, feminine energetics. I, I was, let's say, not conscious, um, not fully aware of myself, really trying to find myself. And also, um, you know, if I look at myself through the vein of someone who's um, trying to succeed in a man's world, being, a, you know, a woman, also a minority, and also kind of being, I was very intuitive, and I've been very much into justice and being fair. And it's not the kind of industry that necessarily lends itself to fairness and justice, at least not the way I experienced it and what I saw. Are there people in the industry who are just and fair? 100%. It's just not the general paradigm of someone, especially the trading for culture, which is, again, very cutthroat. And, you know, I feel definitely from the 90s onwards, there was like a drive to more women supporting women, but it was not that way when I was starting out. And um, that also, um, you know, I, I feel that uh, that also changed the way that I viewed women women dynamics and i've had to go through whole the whole circle of the whole sister wound to heal it now uh, but it's definitely something that came up for me in the corporate world and to answer your question is this is this something i always really wanted to do no and i can't let's say i fell into it through trial and error so 2008 i worked in banking for about 11 12 years and 2008, the financial crisis came and then I lost my job and I retrained in holistic nutrition, then wasn't quite sure this is what I wanted to do. So went back to banking. And then 2008, I really decided I was working for an English asset manager and I just said, this is not me. Um, a whole bunch of things happened that led to it, but which basically meant that I the people who are working with me wanted to change my contract and, you know, all kinds of little things that I feel like you're pushed by the universe to move in a particular direction. So even though me ego self wanted to continue because it's something I knew, it's something that made me feel secure. Um, let's say on the outside, because you had this job that, you know, Inside, I knew that I was kind of feeling empty. I wasn't feeling valued. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I also always thought I was failing. Even though I always had a step up in my career every time I moved, I never really felt seen or valued. I just felt like expendable. And the process, let's say that happened, I would say in my early thirties. And then for the next, I would say close to 10 years, I really had a lot of trial and error. So I worked um, it, it, for a luxury um, hotel vineyard in South Africa. I um, was doing their marketing and sales. And then I went to Barcelona. I worked for a pharma company. So I really had to retrain so many times. And really the story of my life has been transformation. Transformation of self, different places, different communities. I've had so much slash and burn in my life that, okay, I thought I worked in banking, but now who am I now that I don't know what I do, what I'm doing. And I, let me try again. Let me try working in, you know, luxury hospitality because it seems so glamorous. And then when you're in it, it's not. So it's kind of this theme of something looking shiny on the outside. And then when you get into it, you realize, okay, I was looking for something that I was chasing kind of a pipe dream. And when you get into it, it's not the same. So I think it's this general thing of now that I look back chasing an ideal, chasing an image, 
with really trying to find myself and what I was good at. And it really culminated as I was turning 40, I was in Barcelona um, and, you know, I was working, had been working for this Spanish uh, pharma company, which shut down their U.S. operations. So I found myself out of a job yet again, so okay. many times. And so I feel like then I really felt like I needed help. Because I'd been through so many cycles of bust and boom. I'd also been through a lot of relationships, right? So in my life, there has been a lot of change. And now that I do human design, I understand that um, my conscious son is in gate 42. What that means is my life is about growth through slash and burn, through transformation. Um, and so actually, ironically, that's what I do now as I literally help people through transitions in their life, through transformation, because that is inherently something that I know so deeply that literally you have to start again so many times. Like I felt like I've lived thousands of lives just in this lifetime. And so when I was about actually just turned 40, I had my first experience with plant medicine, not something I ever wanted to do, but it had been calling me for a while. And um, that experience, I would say, was a watershed moment for me. Ooh. Again, I'm not saying people should do it or not do it. It was just my path. And for me, it was transformational in that the experience helped me to understand myself, why I was interested in the things that I was interested in as a child, why certain things happened to me um, in my, let's say, in my progression to adulthood, why I felt I was always failing in life. And then because I wanted to really, let's say, fix myself, it was really to go back to London, which is where I spent most of my life, go back to London and get a proper job, let's say, knowing, like working to my strengths, but I really didn't know what they were anymore. So, you know, 40s around, like say midlife, um, it's, questionable what is midlife nowadays but for me I was like okay who am I now I've done so much stuff um had relationships had the careers lived in so many places like I really want to feel more settled I want to feel more grounded so I started this exploration found human design found theta healing um, really to get me back to London in a job and what I found by doing these practices, these modalities, um, is that actually I found it very easy to read people. And when you, when I was going through the training, I found that I was intuitively doing everything that we were taught anyway. So I found it, it was the first time in my life, I was like, this is so easy for me. I could just read people. I could speak to people passed over. I could see people's guides. I could see what happened in past lives. I could speak to their potential future. And it was just opened up this new avenue for me that I didn't think was possible. And ironically, I had still been applying to jobs and literally I, fall, I saw all the doors shut down. So for me to go back, work for someone else in a corporation, it was just not possible, which is really weird because I have good names on my CV. I went to a super accounting and finance school at the top investment banks. I had, you know, great CV on paper, but energetically, none of the doors were opening for me. So this is really how I found myself doing what I'm currently doing because I feel like it was the only avenue left open for me to actually sustain myself. So in a long roundabout way of answering your question, I feel like my life had led me to this moment because of all the transformations I'd been through in my life trying to find myself. Right. Well, it makes total sense. And I mean, sometimes, like you said, you have to go through those experiences and your journey is really setting up the foundations of you being able to understand and incorporate that into somebody else's journey and to, to be able to see it so clearly. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I really understand when people are afraid of change uh, because it's a visceral feeling. We're all as humans afraid of what we don't know, uh, afraid of the future. 
Um, and again, I go back to human design here because for me, when I learned, I don't know if you know anything about human design, but for me, it's, it's, it's a system. Yeah. So it's a system that basically for me is a tool to help you get to know yourself better in essence. And, um, and for me, when I found out I was a projector, um, that I was a splenic projector, it just means that I kind of had this permission slip to not keep pushing and to not, and to get kind of a recognition of why I felt I was failing. It was because I was um, working in an energetic way that was not ideal for me. So I always felt depleted, exhausted because I was go, 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 but actually that's not the way I'm meant to work. And when I look back on my life and I looked at how many jobs I'd applied to online, every time I tried to initiate, I got nothing like crickets. And actually, when I had leaned back and almost not given up, but just said, okay, I'm surrendering, whatever comes, comes, I actually got more opportunities leaning back and having people invite me into things rather than me initiating. So I've been doing it all wrong without knowing. And that's why, you know, in my mid-30s, I had adrenal fatigue or burnout, all the symptoms of someone who's trying to live life incorrectly for them. Oh, and wow. what that means, yeah, is that is that is this hustle culture that a lot of us are, have just grown up with. And some people have the energy for it, but not all of us. And so I finally gave myself the permission to stop judging myself, stop being nasty to myself, and really kind of ground into my own gifts. And that's really, I see really deeply into people. I'm really interested in people. I love what makes them tick. I can see people's blind spots. And actually I don't like to tell people what to do, but I prefer to question them, guide them so that they can uncover for themselves what is the right thing for them. And so that's what I feel are some of my skills where um, unlike what I had learned growing up, you should do this and this is the way forward, getting people to discover for themselves what turns them on, what are the reasons that they've been creating certain patterns in their lives just helps people to have this kind of light bulb moment for themselves. And I see it in their eyes. Like they can see like something turn on their like oh my gosh, that's why. And I feel more than anything I could tell them, their own realization about this, therein lies the transformation. Therein lies the kind of understanding of self so that then they can change. But I right. really feel like it comes from within. Right. And so you're just kind of a bridge. I think that's what you consider yourself to be, a bridge. Thank you for using that word because I actually call myself a bridge and people think that's too esoteric, but I'm literally like, I'm a bridge between your potential and where you are now. And I'm just here to guide you towards that. I love it though. I love it because unfortunately we've been taught to look outside of ourselves for answers all of the time. You know, yeah. both you and I grew up, I think in the same era where it was yeah. really external validation, external yeah. sources, you know, yeah. uh, listen to what everybody else says. And, and then your hearts and your soul is like, no, this is not. This right. doesn't feel good. And having to override it so often that then you get to keep questioning yourself. So there was a point where I felt too afraid to make a decision because, you know, I couldn't trust myself anymore because I had to go against my instincts so many times because we're just taught that someone else knows something and you do this and you have the fix but actually none of us are the same, which just, so the whole cookie cutter method, like, you know, do this and you're going to get this result. For me, that has never, ever worked. And especially because in, again, I keep coming back to my human design, but I have a, a lot of individual circuitry and that means I'm actually meant to go through my own process Mm. And my own internal process is very mutative. Um, that just means it helps people change just by witnessing my own process. So I'm not trying to tell people what to do, but if they're watching me and my kind of quirky, weird ways of doing stuff, it kind of empowers them to do stuff their way. Nice. So it's about empowerment. I really believe in empowering people. Most of my work is about sovereignty just because 
I took me about 40 years to find my own sovereignty, to learn how to trust myself. And I really believe no one knows you better than yourself when you're aware of yourself. So I feel my job is helping people become aware of themselves so that they can become their best guide, so that they don't need people like me. I'm just a temporary shoulder to lean on. Yeah. Love I'm it. not supposed to be there forever. I'm not, you, you, you will still thrive without me. I'm just there to accelerate your process. So it, it kind of goes against a lot of marketing about you need to keep stacking your offers and get people buying stuff over and over again. But it just doesn't seem, it seems a bit disingenuous because I want people to transform so that they decide for themselves what's best for them rather than using me as a crutch. Like I can be there for a week, a month, a year, but ideally you decide when you are ready to fly on your own. And I, and for me, I feel like I've done a great job when you're like, you know what, Simran, I think I've got it now. I might check in from time to time, twice a year for tune-ups, but I'm good. And for me, I love that. And I actually have pushed back uh, on a few clients who, who wanted to recommit. And I love that. But I also realize where they have all the tools and all they need is a nudge to trust themselves. So I actually say, no, if you still feel like this in three months, I'm here for you. But I feel like you need to integrate some stuff and really have faith that you can do this because you have the tools. And I really... I wish someone had told me that because so many times people just wanted to keep buying courses, keep saying that you need a mentor in order to go ahead. You might need a mentor in the start, but it doesn't mean you need them for life, right? right. It doesn't mean you need to have someone to succeed because ultimately you're not broken. You don't need fixing. And so when you're aware that you're whole, just as you are, you can choose to have a guy from time to time but you don't need one. And I know that goes against a lot of mainstream coaching, um, but that's what I really believe. I believe you're here to thrive on your own because you know what's best for you. Right. I love that though. I love the fact that you're handing people's power back to them because I feel like, you know, and, and I've worked a lot on hotlines and in, in different communities and it is, you know, Oh, you know, the next offer, the next go around, yeah. the next this, the next that. And it's just like, no, let me be the person in the same way as you who mm -hmm. says, you've got all the tools. I think you've got this on your own. And if you need to, you know, connect with me, if, if you start feeling really insecure about it, call yeah. me back. But right now go take yeah. yourself, like you're good. Exactly. Like, I, I like, I'm your cheerleader. I'm, you know, I'm on the benches. You're in the game. You're in the game of your life you've done all the training, you've done the heavy lifting. Now you just go play because you trust yourself. Like you're on the field. Now you go. And I'm here to cheerlead you. I'm here to train you from time to time, but you've got this. You're the athlete and you've worked so hard for this. Everything in your life that you've experienced has counted and so all of the times that you felt that you've been failing has been in that failure, that perceived failure has actually been the seeds of your gifts. Nice. So, you know, everything that we've been through, the shadows and uh, some of us, I've spent a lot of time in shadow work and then I realized I was getting stuck there. So I'm not saying you don't do the shadow stuff, what you're afraid of, the reasons why you're there, the recurring patterns, but also don't get lost there. You are not a victim of what's happened to you. You're not a victim at all. So you have the ability to change your life when you decide. And then you decide what to focus on. And this is where some of the, you know, guides, mentoring comes, where you get to, you know, heal some of your traumas. I'm not saying you don't do that, but that should not be the focus. Your focus should be on what you want to create, where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we're very much stuck in our shadows, that's hard. So totally, I understand trauma work, shadow work, limiting belief work, healing work. It's all important. But if you find that you're getting stuck there and you're constantly trying to find stuff to fix, you're going to be finding stuff to fix till the end of your life because we're humans and we're coming here to evolve and we're always going to have challenges. But those challenges don't have to stop you. 
from moving forward. So it's being aware of your challenges, giving love to them, showing them that you're not ignoring them, pushing them down and deciding that you're moving forward. Right. And I feel that's, that's now become the biggest part of my work is how do we move you forward? We've done the work, we've done the dark shadow stuff, uh, but you are not your shadows. You are more than that. Nice. And so what do you want to create? I love that. Yeah. So my focus has gone from a lot of fixing shadow because I've done that on myself, more to what are you focused on creating? And while we're creating, we're going to transmute some of that stuff that's stopping you. Nice. And do you do this through a combination of like coaching and energy healing and mm -hmm. giving people tools from human design and, and yeah, kind of all of that. Them? So I have various different containers, but my, my most transformational container, and actually that's the focus of my, my own work. What I've turned on by now is um, to do like this deeper work and like a semi long, it's not super long. It's three months long. It's in a container where I use human design. I use astrology. I use um, energetic tools, channeling, trauma release, uh, which of course is shadow work, um, really to get you comfortable, balanced, really calibrated in your nervous system because nervous system is really important for us. We have to feel safe to have the things that we want to have in our life. And that sounds so uh, ironic because a lot of times when people say, I want that soulmate. Right? But actually, if you don't feel safe in your body to have that soulmate, or if you don't trust men, you could want it. But there are certain things that your body is doing to keep you safe. So when we teach your body, actually, you're safe to have what you want. And it doesn't have to be a super long process. It's just, again, this awareness that you get on your own by going through um, some processes. And a lot of it is talking. It's not therapy. It's a talking process where you get to uncover. It's a lot of people know about theater healing. It has many aspects of theater healing. So to answer your question, I use many different energetic modalities as well as the more, let's say, left brain modalities, like, like looking at charts, for example, which especially a lot of people who are corporate or show me, show me how this works, show me the proof. Uh, I can show that um, in a human design chart or an astrology chart. And because of everything I do is intuition first, I'm guided to what the particular person in front of me needs at that point in time. So I meet people where they are and then use various tools. Uh, now, have some programs which is just energy or just human design or just astro hacks. But really, I feel the biggest transformation comes when we blend everything. And um, it's three months because... To embody something takes a little bit of time because let's say we've been having a lifetime of the same patterns and it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. It can, I'm not saying you can't have a miraculous healing in a session, but usually it takes time uh, bit by bit to start to really embody, live your life as if you have everything that you want to bring in. And that's about alignment and alignment mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, so that you're living your life in flow. And for me, when it, you're living your life in flow, things happen easily. Uh, doesn't mean you don't have challenges, but it means you don't get stuck in the challenge. It means you can move forward despite obstacles that come up in life because they're always going to come up. It means you have inner resilience. It means you have inner trust. And I feel that takes around about three months. It could be less. It could be more. But for me, I like to go deep. And I like the changes to stick. Because uh, very often you can have a miraculous healing. Maybe you wanted to grow your business. So you can have 100K a month and then revert back to your same patterns. So for me, it's about that consistency, the habit, so that you are really embodying this higher version of yourself. I like that too, because a lot of people almost sell it as a quick fix solution yeah. 
or and and even the people who are coming into it don't really understand that there's a lot of internal processing and yeah. energetic shifts and sometimes yes. it does build on itself one after the other and it can't all happen at once because sometimes absolutely and also not to put this pressure on yourself that okay if i do this two, two week course and i don't have everything figured out i failed no you yeah. haven't it takes some time to learn new processes like neuroplasticity. It's all about creating new neural networks. Your brain is really relearning new ways to do things, having new emotional responses to things. And that does take time. It doesn't have to take a long time. It doesn't have to take a lifetime, but it takes some time for you to feel comfortable. Otherwise, as humans, we always want to revert back to our comfort zone because we're really here in a reptilian brain, brain to stay safe. And that's why so many of us revert back to old patterns because our subconscious is doing such a great idea of keeping us safe. But that doesn't <laughs> always mean that we're evolving. True that. So, and especially, <laughs> I think that, you know, people need people like you and myself right now more than ever because there is this you know kind of fear-based thing going on and not only that we're at this transformative period in society and in life right now so having somebody to energetically support these new uh, neural pathways these new ways of thinking and doing things is just of the utmost importance right now and you may, you bring up a super important point about this collective consciousness this time in human civilization you know it's called the age of aquarius and human design is called the great mutation where we are in a time of unprecedented change as humanity and we're all feeling it because we're all part of the collective and that means literally or the, at the time of recording, we're at the time of eclipse, this new moon Scorpio eclipse and eclipse season is really about fated changes, changes for your soul. Uh, what your soul has decided it no longer needs and where it's moving towards. So everything on a collective basis, um, we're in Taurus North Node, Scorpio South Node. And what that means is as a collective, we're coming up to purge old systems systems that have been about control domination unhealthy patriarchy uh, systems of over-reliance on like government state systems outside of ourselves and we're becoming coming back to the individual so no longer over-relying on the government to save you or your doctor to save you or the state to bail you out or the bank to bail you out right it's collectively moving forward to more equitable systems, to trusting yourselves more, uh, to taking control of your body, uh, your life. And that comes with some upheaval. And so what's happening at the moment, and we're seeing it all around us, um, you know, the UK is probably going to get a new prime minister, the third one in a year. Uh, in the US, you know, the US is having its Pluto return. Um, all over Europe, we're having, you know, gas, gas and energy um, fears. Uh, we have up, uprisings, Iran, all over the world. We're seeing this as a collective, this uprising, there's unrest. And a lot of times, especially if you're focusing a lot on media, social media, it takes us out of ourselves and into fear. Yes. And so... It's really important, as you said, to take a step back, notice in your nervous system, as I'm watching this, as I'm watching hours of the news, and as I'm scrolling through social media, how am I feeling in my body? Am I feeling nervous, tense, constricted? That's a sign to stop. I'm not mm -hmm. saying don't be aware of what's happening around you, but don't become obsessed because technology, we all know, algorithms they're there to keep us glued to the screen which takes us out of ourselves which hands our consciousness power over to systems beyond us so if you're feeling uncertain fear confused overwhelmed the first thing i would recommend is to really disengage from fear-based paradigms which is basically the media the collective consciousness and really come back to yourself and decide this might be happening. 
I understand it's happening for the greatest good. And it could be very difficult because we could be going through times of huge uncertainty of maybe losing a job or losing a revenue stream or having health issues and always just say, okay, how am I going to come out of this stronger? What energy, space, consciousness, what can come for me that would really elevate me at this time? And it's really not always looking for necessarily the answer, which is about going to one conclusion, but remaining open to the possibilities, which is about being in the question. This is very much an access consciousness tool, like remaining in the question saying, what would it take for me to bring in another revenue stream? What would it take for me to be an optimum health? What would it take for me to know the next step in my evolution and then just remain open to what you're aware of and it's a very different way of operating because so often we're used to going to the solution which is limiting our possibilities mm -hmm. and so for me it's about disengaging from stuff that makes you fearful right acknowledging that it is a time of change but also seeing this as an opportunity to come back to yourself, to create more abundance, more health, more um, literally self-trust. Because when we trust ourselves, it doesn't matter what's happening around us. We know we've got our back. We don't have to know exactly the next step forward. But there's something about having this inherent trust in yourself that no matter what happens, I've got my back. It's kind of like reparenting the inner child where you're soothing yourself. You're saying, I've got you, you're safe. And no matter what, we're in this together. So it's kind of telling yourself, soothing yourself that you're safe, you belong here and that you've got this. And when we really watch what we're saying to ourselves, um, it can change everything. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. with like with the whole train of thought there from from you know from the doom scrolling and feeling really sucked in and and getting all of our you know this fear generated in our systems and then yeah like you said step away from it step out of it look at yeah. things from an entirely different perspective and learn to trust yourself in the process learn to find new solutions and new creative ways of thinking and doing so that you can get through it in the strongest way. So then we're all going to have different way, ways that that manifests, you know, um, so many, meditation is a great thing. I really am a proponent of it, but some people, their nervous system is not calm yet to be able to meditate, to sit there with themselves with no interference. So for you, meditation might be going for a walk outside. For you, meditation would just literally be sitting by yourself, setting a timer for two minutes, twice a day, to just quieten your mind, not feel like you have to be anywhere, do anything, find a solution, to literally learn to come back and disengage from constantly being busy, because busyness is also an escape mechanism. I know it's super wild because I never wanted to be by myself, have time for myself, because that would mean I'm by myself. And I have these ideas and thoughts that are racing in my head and it's uncomfortable, right? And so of course, we're, we're going to try to go away from pain and towards safety. That's a human instinct. But think of this, all the stuff that you're afraid of, you're already thinking about it. So in a way, it's already happened because our, our brain, our body can't differentiate between what might happen in the future, what is happening now and what's happened in the past, which is why everyone keeps going on about coming back to the present moment. Because when you come back to the present moment, you literally think to yourself, am I safe now? Yes. Am I under danger now? No. Am I thinking about something that could happen, which is making me afraid? Yes. Is it also possible I'm worrying about things that might never happen? Maybe. Am I thinking about the past, about the trauma of what someone did to me years ago and I'm still reliving that? Yes. But is that happening now? No. So literally this sense of self-questioning to bring you back and remind yourself that you're actually safe right now. You're breathing. You have 
a roof over your head, or you have some place that you have shelter, right, for this present moment, and then just come back to that, because your point of creation is always now. It's not in the future about what might happen or what happened in the past because it's gone. It's my point of creation is right now. So what am I focusing on? Even if I don't have a solution, I'm breathing, I'm coming into my body. I'm not flying everywhere. I'm literally just telling myself I'm good right now in this very second. And literally just very simple exercises like that can bring you back into your body. Because a lot of us are in trauma without knowing. We're escaping, we're going to the, we're going to the past, we're going to the future, um, we're extrapolating risk scenarios, right? Trying to keep us safe. But if we just come back to right now, and we say, okay, you're safe right now, and what next? It literally brings us back into our body. We're not able to manifest, create things in our life if we're out of our body. And most of us, have been out of our body, myself included. Um, when things seem too much, you're too afraid, you're overwhelmed, you're procrastinating, you're panicking, you don't know what's gonna happen. You just need to remind yourself that right now in this very instant, you're safe, that you've got it, and you're gonna find a solution. A solution will be presented to you. And it's literally, changing these new little neural networks in our brain that go to doom, doomsday scenarios. Yeah, and it's just being aware of that and saying, okay, I know what I'm doing. Let me, let me come back to myself. It's, it's wonderful advice too, because like you said, now in the present moment, and first of all, taking that step back, taking the deep breath, really kind of disconnecting and disengaging yeah, from any anything that seems to be um, worrying you, like there's so much worry, uncertainty, like fear right now. And I'm not saying don't feel it. Sometimes it's actually important to feel it, to tell yourself, I'm going to sit with this for the next five minutes. I'm literally going to allow myself to go to the doomsday scenario, right? okay, what if I lose my job? Okay, what's going to happen then? Oh, I won't be able to put my kids in school. Okay, what happens then? They'll be out of school and then we could lose our home. Okay, what would happen then? And then you keep going, keep asking, keep asking, go into that fear and then show yourself you still survived it. Mm. You still survived, you're still here. You literally lived that fear and now you're still here. Wow. So it's literally training. It's just, this is um, a technique and you go, if you're feeling brave, you can do it by yourself. We do it with someone who trust a guide, a mentor, even a friend to say, can you sit with me while I just process this? And you literally just don't make yourself wrong. You feel it. You cry, you shake, you bash a pillow. You get that emotional impulse that's trapped in you because it's a fear because it's trapped it's wanting to be seen and witnessed and you go into it and then you realize you made it you've already been living your fear and you survived wow. and that kind of calms your nervous system because everything you've been fearing you literally just survived right well that it sounds really so powerful like it's such a powerful exercise because number one you give yourself that time because yeah. a lot of us are avoiding that through all kinds of things through it's uncomfortable we don't want to cry we don't want to be angry like all these lower emotions you know humiliation shame uh fear anger anger is actually better than those emotions because anger gets you to move right but all of these super dense emotions that are, can keep us stuck, go into them. Take an hour, half an hour, three hours, cry, scream, bash something, and get it out of your system. It's just an emotion. It's energy that needs to move out. So allow it to move out. Give it the grace of witnessing it so that it can leave. So that then you can come back to yourself. And we haven't been taught that, you know, a lot of times we're saying, don't cry, or you should be brave, or 
you're not, no, you're not afraid. So a lot of times we, yeah, deny, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't make a noise. And actually all it's been asking us is to literally let me have my tantrum and then I'll be okay. Literally. Yep. Because it's just an emotion that wants to be expressed without making it wrong, without making a big story about it. Because so many times our life is a collection of all the stories we've made up about what happened to us, who we are, our identity. And literally at any moment, we can create another story. It's like, where are we on repeat? And where can we just flip the switch to another channel? So if we see our life as, you know, a channel, a soap opera, and we don't like the soap opera that we're watching that right now, it's getting a bit dark, I don't really like her. So why don't I just switch the channel? Why don't I watch, I don't know, Care Bears? Why don't I watch <laughs> something else? And just feel a bit better. So everywhere you focus is where you're creating momentum. And when you start to create enough momentum in the direction that you want to go, you can't focus on creation and being in the dumps at the same time. True. Very right? true. So where do we want to literally take our focus? And it, I'm not saying you do this bypassing thing. I'm saying feel the emotions, totally feel them. And then move forward. Right. Be willing. You don't have to know. You just have to have this desire. Be willing to lessen the resistance. Be willing to drop the baggage. Be willing to have an easier life. You don't have to know how. You just have to have this desire that, okay, I'm willing, I'm willing to not feel so shit anymore. I'm willing for things to come easier to me now. I'm willing to be shown the way. I'm willing to have more prosperity. It's very different to saying, I have to figure out how to do it. No, you don't. You just have to be willing to release the load of having to figure it out, of having to get it right, of having to find a solution. Just say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hand this over. So higher power, Tosha Silver has a lot of books about this, of just handing your, your um, worries over, right? And other people see it as just releasing the resistance. And you'll notice with just these small shifts, your life is going to start to change. Love it. Molly yes. <laughs> and your voice is hypnotic and so it's just like I'm all like are you using NLP there <laughs> um, I, I, I do a bit of hypnosis but my voice is literally, literally I don't, I'm not even aware I'm doing it until I go back and listen to myself but somehow it just because I like to a lot of the work I do is in the theta brainwave and it is this suggestible brainwave where you're more open to suggestions where you literally can open yourself to greater awareness and from that process that brainwave which is more suggestible but still conscious you can start to make changes it's where you access your subconscious where changes can be made so you can release the stuff that no longer serves you and also bring in new emotions new belief systems new values which from there you get to have new behaviors which then leads to a new life so it's literally about number one feeling safe where you are knowing that you've got this and number two having the certainty that you will be shown the way not putting yourself under pressure to have it all figured out now to take one step Maybe that one step is to journal. Maybe that one step is to take a, a shower. Maybe that one step is to go out of the house. Maybe that one step is to actually cook a meal for yourself, right? And just say, I've got this. And then I can do something else. But to have, you know, to feel like you have to have the whole plan, it's too overwhelming. So don't do that. Just take one step. And then you prove to yourself that you can do it. So you're creating positive momentum along the way and literally as you start to take small action that feels good in your body your capacity to do more will increase 
And that's then how you're creating momentum towards your new elevated life that you're literally in the process of creating. And it comes with a decision, literally just a decision. So choice creates, right? Make a choice, any choice. You can't get it wrong. It's just about course correcting. If you feel like you can never get it wrong, then you have to shame yourself. Then you don't have pressure. If you feel you never get it wrong, you're like, I decide from moment to moment what feels good. And if it doesn't feel good, I can change my mind. It's not set in stone, which means it doesn't seem so final, which means you don't have to get it right. Because at every given moment, you're deciding just what feels better. And sometimes you need to have to try it. Sure. Right? And you have to feel afraid of taking that step for fear of getting it wrong, because actually something that doesn't feel good is just telling you that's not for you. Right. But so many of us are perfectionists and we never want to get it wrong. And I just think that we need to reframe that for ourselves so that we can literally get out of this freeze, this fawn response. Well, and, and, and also I think giving ourselves permission to switch course, if something doesn't feel right and we've committed to, you know, a longer course or a, a job or whatever, we have to give ourselves permission, which hasn't been given in the past. It was always stick with it until the end. Right. You must finish this. You must do this. Totally. So That's there's definitely something I heard a lot in my life. Uh, you keep changing. You need to finish. You need to stick with it. And so many times I did, even though my body was in pain, my spirit was in pain, because I didn't listen to myself. Yeah. I didn't know how, right? And so it's literally about teaching ourselves. Think of ourselves as a little child, of us being our own child. And what would you say to your little child when they're coming to you, being more conscious of, mom, I don't like this. I, it doesn't make me feel good right? You're just going to say, okay, what can we do to make it better? We're not going to say you're going to keep doing what doesn't make you feel good. I'm hoping, or you tell them there's nothing to be afraid of, or if you feel fear, it's okay. I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. Like I've got you. I'm holding your hand. I'm giving you a cuddle. So even if you're afraid, like we'll do this together. Yep. Right? Fear is just an emotion. It's okay. Yep. And you tried your best. And, and yeah, and there's nothing wrong with trying something and not liking it. Not everybody yeah. likes lasagna. <laughs> yeah, You're like yeah. you don't like broccoli. Okay, we'll find you another green vegetable. Let's try yeah. that. Like, you're not going to know unless you try it. Yeah. So it's like this. I think it's like, you know, our parents are the best walls in the world. They're doing their best, which we understand, but it maybe is not what we needed at the time. So now a lot of us are adults and we get to give ourselves actually what we needed as a child because a lot of our programs that are playing out a lot of the repetitive patterns is really coming from my childhood mostly other lives too but that's another discussion um other lives other dimensions collective consciousness but we can decide where we choose to be stuck and if we don't feel like we want to be stuck anymore we can just you know what I'm willing to release this stuckness. I'm willing to release this fear. Even if I don't know how, I trust that it's gonna to come to me. I trust that I'm gonna know what to do. All I have to decide in this very moment is how to feel better. And then just take the next step. Like literally soothe yourself, you know? And if you need to have a tantrum, give yourself the permission to do that. Don't take it out on someone else, but it's definitely okay for you to have your process by yourself. And most of the time, you know, when we want to blame, because it's very normal to want to blame, we're taking the power and handing it to someone else. Someone else, something, some situation outside of us, the government, my partner, my kids, what a friend, colleague. Okay, this happened. What am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. right that puts you in the driving seat and it's it's a place where you're empowered to do something to change it rather than be stuck in what situation you find yourself in yep absolutely absolutely 
One last question before we wrap it up, because I feel like we didn't touch on this, but I think it's a really important um, aspect of your work and your personality. So what is a star seed and how did you know you are a star seed? And oh, does I this love this question. Your work. I love this question. Well, um, it actually started when I was in my plant medicine journey. Um, and it really, I, I feel it comes from the fact that I never really felt like I belong. You know, um, I, I'm a, I, I'm a brown faced person um, uh, who lived in the UK, who went to a German high school in Hong Kong, who never really felt like she fit in. So that's the first stage of not really feeling like you belong. And then later on in life, things that I went through, kind of feeling like I'm always failing, that people don't understand me, that why am I feeling so misunderstood? Why am I getting this wrong? Really never feeling like I belong here. And then literally moving so many times in life, trying to find a home somewhere. I've lived in Hong Kong, South Africa, Switzerland, Germany, the UK. France, Spain, like so many places trying to find where do I really feel at home? And it's because I really never felt home. And so through this process of kind of feeling like an alien most of my life, like why don't I fit in anywhere? I had this plant medicine journey and in this plant medicine journey, you know, you're super open and I'm also very psychic. And I was just shown so many things. And part of the stuff I was shown was the collapse of Atlantis, being in Lemuria when it collapsed, seeing myself as a mermaid, uh, seeing literally uh, various peoples on my family, on a podium, see, seeing the pyramids, everything that I was obsessed with as a little child was explained to me. And also, I didn't, by the way, I didn't know what Atlantis was. I didn't know what Lemuria was. Um, I didn't know what Sirius was. I didn't know what Lyra was. I didn't know what the Pleiades were. This were, dropped into my consciousness during my medicine journey. And then I Googled it when I came out of it. And it went a lot deeper, but um, my medicine journey uh, landed up it, I would have done it again, no matter what, but it landed up that I went through a death door, right? Okay. So I had a, uh, I, I woke up from five hours of crying, seeing all this stuff, uh, hearing Pleiades, Atlantis, Orion, you know, and um, I fell over because I was dehydrated. I didn't do it with a proper shaman. So please, if you're doing any of this, do it with a proper shaman. And um, woke up. It was two weeks after my 40th birthday to see my sits, feel my skin, uh, my chin being sewn up. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I had fallen over, lost consciousness. And it's because I had never been alive on this planet past the age of 40. So two weeks after my 40th birthday, as I did my ayahuasca journey, I went through my death door. It's not time for me to leave. But I understood, I was shown in that medicine journey, why. I never felt at home, why I never felt I belonged. A lot of the gifts that I have is stuff that I've carried through from Lyra. So I know that I originated in Lyra, <coughs> went to the Pleiades, stopped off in Orion before I came here. And these are things that I just intuitively know I felt. I then researched, I was like, what is the Pleiades? What is Lyra? Didn't know there were galactic wars. And you know, there's a lot that you read on the internet, but some things were a total fabrication to me and other things I felt it in my body and I started to cry, feeling like there were wars that my home, like my original home doesn't exist anymore. Oh, wow. It's blown up, Lyra doesn't exist. And just this feeling of constantly being a nomad, like going from place to place right? So for me, um, usually if you're a starseed, it's going to come to you. You'll find out. Someone will tell you, you'll get an activation, you'll read something. There'll just be this deep sense of knowing and this feeling like 
there's this homesickness that I want to go home, but you don't know what that is because you're on earth and you're human. And no one, no one speaks about this, right? But when I found out that actually that's where my soul journey started, it kind of made sense what I'm doing here on earth, why I'm here at this time. And the sense of you chose to come here for a reason. So even though it can be brain candy to think about other planets and where you came from, you decided to be here. And so what are you going to do in this lifetime now that you're a human and knowing that you decided to be here, what are you going to do with it? So it can be brain candy knowing that you're a starseed. And a lot of people think that we're all from the stars. That's great. Probably we, we are. And there is a line of thinking that says we're all, you know, hybrids of many different planets and we've been seeded. That's going through yet another rabbit hole. But that's really my journey as a starseed, which really got me to understand myself better, got me to um, really understand the themes that were appearing in my life, why I felt the way that I did. And then knowing that, sometimes just the knowing soothes your soul. Mm -hmm. So my soul feels like, okay, now I understand. Not that I'm lost in space all the time. Like, why am I feeling like this? Why, why, why is no one else like this? Why am I failing at being a human? I literally, there was a time in my mid thirties, like I'm failing at being a human, but actually, no, you're just discovering what it is to be a human, right? Because I was like, what? I can hear people's thoughts. That's why I can read people. And why can't they understand me? Because I understand them so well, right? Because where I came from, we would communicate through telepathy. We didn't need words. And being super hyper vigilant and aware because we didn't need language where I came from, right? So it's super easy to read energy. So if you, this is just like a side note of if you're from a star seed and depending on which system you came from, you might have certain traits and they'll just be traits that you inherently feel within yourself without really having to explain it. So in a roundabout way, that's my star seed's little story. Um, that's really cool though. And I love that though too, because you ultimately came to the conclusion. I see some people skipping over this conclusion and deciding to almost like somehow dissect themselves in this world mm -hmm. from the earth experience I, but I think yeah, you I have a, a yeah you've seen that I too. think it's a process you do that for a while and you realize this is not helping me because I'm still here on earth I'm not in the Pleiades I'm not in the Orion I'm not in Sirius I still chose to come as a human because I'm here right, right. So I kept saying oh but I'm manifesting in, in other dimensions and other realities like right but you're a human so you're less than this life is to be a human and create a life of joy and ease and contribution right now in this time because again I was lost in that brain candy oh but I'm not from here yes but actually you are because you're here right because right? you're here and so the very fact that you're here means okay you can understand your gifts you can understand your journey but you're still a human having a human experience so what are you going to make of it but i can't say i was there in the beginning like i went through those rabbit holes uh only to discover it doesn't really help me to think about the plays and lyra and sirius because i'm not there there could be aspects of myself there but i'm here right now in this consciousness and by escaping into other stories and it's fun, I'm still escaping, right? I'm not really living. Right. So I have to say I did go through that only to realize where you are is where you're meant to be and what are you gonna do with it? Yep. You know? Wonderful. Yep. I think that's a perfect place to end it. You're here and what are you gonna do with it? You're here now in this right. existence yeah, on this world moment. in this yeah. moment in time yeah. yeah yeah and what are you going to create what great adventures are you going to have where yeah. are you going to put your focus awesome so simran it has been wonderful getting to know you and your background and your work and how can people get a hold of you 
I will put this all in the show notes. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. No, 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 not at all. Um, thank you for asking. So I have my website, simransandy.com. I'm quite active on social media, especially on my Instagram. I just started TikTok. I'm not very comfortable with it, but I'm playing. But Instagram is my favorite platform. I do a lot of lives, a lot of free resources. Um, everyone who signs up onto my website gets a free womb healing um, webinar, uh, Ancestral Womb Healing. It's really about women who want to come into their creative self-expression, heal old wounds, manifest. Uh, very powerful. So there's plenty of ways to see how I work really from my Instagram and my website. Wonderful. So Simran, it has been a pleasure. Thank Everyone, um, I will put a link to Simran's Instagram, her TikTok, and her website in the show notes. And if you have any questions about Simran or her work, please reach out to her. I'm sure she'd be happy if you DM her or send a message. So thank you so much for your time and energy, Simran. And everybody, thank you. And we will see you soon. Take care. This is Sue from Spiritual Business Spotlight. Have a great day.